to the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I talked about storms earlier, but this is a raging storm. I don't know about you, but I'm done and tired of this, you know? And so in my attitude, I'm getting really aggressive in the sense of I'm fed up, but does that give me an answer to a time that's longer than I want? And it doesn't, having that attitude. What brings that inner peace is answers. God's word and his word that helps me recognize that even though that storm is longer than I want it to be, he gives me hope. And there is this inner tranquility, this inner peace that takes over. And all of a sudden that raging storm now becomes a lot of water. And there's goodness in rain. There's good things. Yeah, there's negative things that can happen as far as a lot of rain quickly or lengths, you know, of uh, the time period of rain. It can cause flooding and things like that. But either, either way of how we look at it, we have to have rain. We have to have it. So there are times when you're enjoying it. There are times you're not enjoying it. There are times when lightning and clouds and all that can freak you out. There are times when I know me and my boys, that's like awesome. You know, the louder, the better. You know, bring on electricity shows. We love it when it's crackling through the sky and we're like going, oh, wow, 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 wow. And we do that kind of stuff. But I know many families where you hide under the table. You're shivering in a closet. Just the way you were brought up, that's all it is. Just the way you were brought up. What information are you carrying? And so here we are, we're in the midst of a raging storm and I thought, okay, God, let's get some answers. Help me, Jesus. Give me some information that'll help us. And it's so awesome because it's all in his word. It's all there, it's all there. And so I thought, you know what, what better way than to get some lessons from a storm rider, a storm rider. And so the title of the message is the storm rages, but you can overcome. And the reason why we can overcome is we have answers. And so we look to the storm rider and I'll show you who that is, because I'm sure many of you probably will think that's got to be Paul. You know, because if there's someone in the scripture that's been through all kinds of ugly and survived, it's Paul. And so I love Paul. I look to Paul. His teachings are my favorite. They're just filled with nuggets and truths. And yeah, the word of God, the whole word of God, the counsel of God is great. But man, Paul's writings, the Pauline epistles are just so impacting in my life. I love them. And so let's, let's take some notes from Paul. What did he do? How did he do it? But first, let's go ahead and, and in Matthew 7, 24, I want to look at someone very important. And we all who know that is, that's Jesus. Because who in the world taught us the best 
when it came to storms. You've got Jesus taking naps in storms. I mean, come on. You got the son of God. You've got Jesus himself sleeping during a mega storm where they thought they were going to die. That is a message. That is something we can look at, which we did, and sit there and go, listen, Jesus did that. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. That was Jesus. That was Lord and Savior Jesus. And we do that because we always want to make a reason to be scared, make a reason to be poor, make a reason to be whiny, make a reason to not get deliverance, make a reason not to get saved. We're good at saying that was Jesus, that's God, that's a disciple, that's the pastor, that's the, and we do that. And it's the wrong way to be thinking. Because everything about God's word is about you. You. Turn to your neighbor in here and out there and say, he's talking to you. Now, if you're not sitting next to someone, then scream it next door. He's talking to you. They can't hear you. Who cares? Either way, we're being spoken to through God's word. And I want us to become powerful. I want us to be able to go through this pandemic or whatever comes our way in the future. Don't think everything becomes all rosy and everything becomes all sweet and nice after this. It doesn't. We live in a world that's dying, that's cursed. We live in a, in a world that's filled with evil, evil men and women. We live in a world that's an, it, it's, it's filled with ugly, but hey, the light is still here, the church. And we are the light in the darkness, my brothers and sisters. We are that light. And that light is supposed to live like light, not like religion, but like light. You might think, well, what, how do you live like light? Have character, be a person of integrity. Don't be preachy or religious. Be someone that when you say yes, that person, you know, other people go, hey, if he said yeah, it's yeah. If they said no, they mean it. They mean it's no. Because a lot of people, their no's don't mean no and their yeses don't mean yeses. And we need to be those type of people that people can count on that people can trust. I'm gonna tell you right now, every young person in here, these are stories after stories that I've, hear, that I've heard over the years as a pastor. And I'm I just wanna to relate to the young people. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about junior hires. I'm talking about uh, teens, high school, college, those that are working. Every young person can testify that when they listen to the instruction here and listen about how, how to have character and how to be a person that gets to work on time and, and you stay late if it needs be. You're not the one just you know calling in sick all the time or, or calling in because you want to go to the lake instead of going to work. You're someone that can be counted. I'm telling you, what happens? You get raises. You get bonuses. It's, this is by the hundreds that has happened in this church when people go, you know what? I'm going to take myself to a different level because I'm choosing to believe this God, this word that brings life and success. You be like the world. You be like the crowd. You know what you're going to do? Lose your jobs, not get bonuses. You're not getting raises. You're just existing in this life. 
And you have a responsibility to live life as a king. Why? Because you're a child of the king. We're being, we should be being raised royal-like. Not lazy-like. Poor-like. Sick-like. No! Bring value to your life. Understanding that you're a follower of Jesus and you're worth all the gold and diamonds and silvers on this planet. Why? Because the blood of Jesus is worth more than all that. And he shed it for you. He shed it for you. He shed it for everybody out there. Everybody out there. It's just, are you going to receive it? I'm not saying, are you going to receive religion? I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about, are you going to receive his love for you? Because that love goes beyond ooh, Gucci, Gucci feelings. That love goes to life. Mm. All right, you got me all, all working it up right now. Therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, that means you're, you have a hearing to obey attitude. Everybody understands that. I don't know why in church when you say that, people get freaked. I gotta obey, I don't need to hear. That is the common sense understanding of success in life. We know this, we went to school. It starts very early. The youngest ones that hear and receive and practice it always go to the top. The ones that hear and rather eat their crayon or play with the person next to them, do they go to the top? No, they don't. Why? Because they're not hearing to obey. Now, we understand kids at young, young ages, they're maturing. So a shiny little belt buckle on their friend can be more important than two plus two equals four. I get that. But I'm talking about when you get older. You all know that. Junior high and high school. And you know the ones that, you know, that you just, you're just getting through this thing because, you know, they're, they're more funner things to do. Right? I know I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm just talking about me. But there are people that relate to me out there. You guys are all special. Hearing to obey is like a wise man or woman that built their house on a rock. And then Jesus says, and then I will, I will, I will compare or liken this, that when someone hears my word and they don't obey it. So they have the same opportunity. They have the same opportunity to hear, but they choose not to practice it. I will compare him to someone builds a house on sand. You know, like going, whatever, sand, rock, you got a house, woo, right? But then he says, the winds blow, the storms rage, and the sand house falls, but the rock house stands. Based upon what? Are you going to hear and do? Which, by the way, is how Jesus defines, these are those that love me. They hear my words and practice them. He didn't say they hear my words and they're perfect. They hear my words and they never make mistakes. They hear my words and instantly they're perfect. Instantly they have grown up. No. You hear the words and you practice it. Practice never means that you're perfect because then you don't need to practice. 
If I practice and boom, it's done, I'm done, that's it. But that's not life. You all know that. It takes a long time. Ever say long time. Say long time out there. Long time to get things right. Some longer than others. It all depends on where you're at in your life. I know it took, you know, it took our kids when they were three and two and three and four. It took them longer to get stuff because they could get so easily distracted over anything. I mean, sometimes they're that way too now. You know, you say, go get that. And they go, okay. And it's the, the TV's on and it's go get that. And all of a sudden it's more like, and they're in the middle of go getting that. But they're so distracted. You're not going, hey. And then it's, oh yeah, that's right. What was I doing? But it's not difficult. There's a lot of shiny things in this world, right? There's a, but when they're younger, they get distracted a lot more easier. You guys agree with this? Okay. So let, let's get our, get our focus and, and hear the words of Jesus, who not only slept in the storm, but he walked calmly through a storm. Oh my gosh, Jesus. And you might be thinking, oh no, pastor, listen, let's go back to what you were saying earlier. That's the Lord. Of course he could. If that is true, why does he have 12 disciples? I'm just throwing that question out. Why does he need helpers? Why does he need these 12 guys if it's all about him and he does everything and everything's because he's God? Why does he need 12? Because once you start realizing the life of Jesus, you realize that nothing he does is for the sake of a period. It's for the sake of eternity. And he's going to do his thing for three and a half years. And then those disciples are going to carry it longer than that. And how do I know that? Because look around you. We're still doing what they did. Is that beautiful? We're talking thousands of years. This thing's been continuing on. Why? Because he said we will do his work and greater works shall we do. That's out of the mouth of Jesus. Look at your responsibility to do his work and greater. Aren't you something? Aren't you something? And that's the problem. We look at so much of our past views of how we are, our past views of what other people thought about us, instead of looking about the word of God concerning how he views us, what he sees in us, what he says about us. I'm going to take God's word over your word every minute of my life, period. His word, number one, it rules, it reigns in my life. And so we're to do what? Hear the word, do the word. And he said, guys, when he went to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. That's what he said. I will make you fishers of people. You might read in the translation men, but that's not what the, that's not what the language is. It's the world, people. He says, I will make you, and that literally is inside working out. The making happens on the inside working out. 
It's a process. It's like planting seed. It takes a process of time. Now listen, because everything that you want to do in life and be good at it takes a process of time. Everything. Nothing good happens overnight in the sense of your ability to be successful in it, a teacher in it. It's a process of time. And so here we have the scripture showing us something that's so important that he said, follow me. And that Greek language literally means to walk behind me and pay attention. It's not side by side. It's not walking ahead of him. He said, just walk behind me and pay attention. Why is he saying that? He's saying because I've got knowledge and information and action that I want you to mimic. I want you to watch it. I want you to see how I do it, how I'm operating on this world. And then I want you to, from the inside out, live it. Is that awesome? Not from outside in. In other words, he wasn't saying this isn't a knowledge that is to be made through your information, it's knowledge to be made through information that gets down in the heart and now has the ability to work out through you. Information caught up here will not produce change. It has to enter into the heart. That's why a lot of us are very good at doing bad things because it's not up here. It's gone in the heart. Out of the heart, the abundance of the heart we operate. We're thinking, well, how do we get that bad out? It, bad can only be replaced, or good can only be replaced by another good or another bad. You have to receive, get it in the heart. You, the heart and what you're doing in bad, bad habits is because it was a process of time to get there. Now you're trying to do good and it ain't working. How come it's not working? I try, I try, I try. No, no, you gotta get it into the heart. Does that happen overnight? No, you have to build the other habit. And as you release that one habit, you build, process the new habit. It goes from the head to the heart. That is the poieo, or to do within working out. And what I love about that word, it also includes the power of God. Change isn't by yourself. How beautiful is that? As a follower of Jesus, we enter into the ability to make a choice to change with the help of God in the process. Oh my gosh. If we can just get it here. This is the problem. We're trying to work it here and we keep stumbling and following and messing up and tripping up and we quit. I'm done. I'm quit. Done. Why? Because we're not allowing it to go in the heart. That's not in my message. That's all free. Okay. That was a good teaching though, wasn't it? All right, so we have to pay attention. Let's, let's get to the lessons of the storm writer. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. This is Paul. I'm, I, I'm just giving you Paul's resume. Because we want to, I want to know, who am I listening to? I need information to ride 
and be able to be successful in this raging storm, show me your resume. I've worked harder, but put in jail more often. I've been whipped times without number. I've faced death again and again and again. Five different times the Jews gave me 39 lashes. That's the lashes like Jesus got. Three times I was beaten with rods. We're not talking about a little bada, a little stick, a little paint stick. Tap, tap, tap. We're talking about their breaking bones, their ripping skin, their bruising bodies. They are not wanting you to go ouch. They're wanting you not to be able to walk. Let's use wisdom. Paul is getting beaten to a pulp. Three times I was beaten with rods. I was stoned once. Can you imagine that? You get stoned, you die. You get that? What does that mean? He died, but he got up. You think he's getting stoned and he's still going, you can't get me. They're, they're just going to stop? No, they stone him till he dies. They walk away and Paul goes, there it is. He gets all this. Can you imagine that? Oh, there, you know, so many times I think about this. I even tell people, I can't wait to see the videos on these things. I am, I, there's so many different things in the Bible. I'm going to, I'm just going to go up and say, where's the, I need the viewing room. I need, where, where's the room at? Because there are some stories I need to see. I want to, I want to know, you know, the, 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 the giant guys and, you know, during the time of Mo, um, uh, Noah. And I, I want to see, you know, there's so many different things I want to see. So many different things. And I think about this. And, and, I, and I want to see Peter walking on water. I don't really care about, you know, him sinking. That, that's not, that's whatever. We, you know, we haven't even walked on water. So he's got, boom. But I want to see things. I want to, I want, I want to just see it. I want to see it. I, I know I see it here and I can play it in my head and I do it all the time because that's how I, you know, live my life. It's pretty much fantasy land up here. But anyway, it's pretty exciting though. When I read the word, when I get in this stuff, I live it. I get involved as much as possible. So we got to be that same way. We got to get this stuff in us and be a part of us. Amen. So he says, I was shipwrecked three times. I was what? Shipwrecked three times. Once I was open the sea in the open sea all night and the whole next day. I've traveled many weary miles. I've been often in great danger from flooded rivers, robbers, my own people, as well as the hands of the Gentiles. I have faced grave dangers from mobs in the cities, from death in the deserts, and in the stormy seas, from men who claim to be brothers in Christ but are not. Woo! I hear you, Paul. I have lived with weariness and pain, sleepless nights. Anybody relate to this? I mean... Probably not to his level, but there are some things you can go. A degree, a degree of that. I've been hungry, thirsty. I've gone without food, shivered with cold, without enough clothing to keep me warm. And besides all this, ah, the care for the church. Is that amazing? 
that was as intense as everything he went through, his desire to see the church thrive. Is that beautiful? That, you know what? I just, just having a percentage of that feeling is, is a thought of, I can be a successful pastor. Just having that type of heart for your people, for the church, for the, for the body of Christ around this world. I, I think it's just awesome. You know, it's a, you, you, I want, you want to be like Mike? I want to be like Paul. Yes. You know, be like Paul. Because that, that dude was awesome, awesome. So let's look at the lessons in Acts chapter 27. We're going to look at 10 points, 10 points of how to overcome the raging storm in this story. Acts 27, verse 5, Paul going, verse 6, Paul going to Rome. He's a prisoner. There are officers found on Egyptian ship from Alexandria bound for Italy. We were put on aboard that ship. We had several days of rough sailing. Uh, th- by the way, this is Luke writing. Okay? So Luke's writing this story. And this is one story that Luke actually was, he was there. Now, he was receiving instruction on how to write the book of Acts through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The, every word of God is God-breathed. Every scripture is theonustos, God-breathed. Every time you see the word God-breathed, it means it produces life. Adam, he made Adam and breathe life. God breathed into Adam and made him alive. All scripture is God breathed. And it's given for correction. It's given for reproof. It's given for instruction. That's what the word of God's for. Now think about that. All scripture, all scripture has been given for that purpose. That is a beautiful thing, isn't it? And thank God we live in a time where we have all the scripture, the whole counsel of God. We're just not living with an Old Testament understanding. We've got the church and then the New Testament right in front of us. That's an awesome thing to know. That's an awesome thing to have. So let's take advantage of it, eh? Canadian. It's for my Canadians out there, eh? All right? So Let's look at this. He says they were bound to, um, they're going to Rome. We had several days of rough sailing and finally neared Snidius, but the winds had become too strong. So we ran across to Crete, passing the port of Salome, beating into the wind with great difficulty and moving slowly along the southern coast. We arrived at Fair Havens near the city of Lycia. There we stayed for several days. The weather was becoming dangerous for long voyages by then because it was late in the year. And Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. He said, sirs, I believe there is trouble of head. If we go on, perhaps even shipwreck, loss of cargo, injuries, and death. Now think about this. In, there, this would be our hurricane season. So y'all know it's not good to plan a Caribbean cruise in the months of what? July, August, September, 
You don't want to go during that time because those are the times when the hurricanes hit. You want to go before those times. I mean, I'm just trying to help some of you out when you do choose to make a decision on, let's do a summer vacation. Don't go to hurricane alleys for that. It's not even a good time to go to Disney World during that time, you know, unless you just like getting wet all the time. But anyway, the thing is, is this is their mega hurricane season and they don't, you don't sell during that time. We're talking Paul's time. We're not talking about steel, megaton luxury, right? You know, luxury uh, uh, ships. We're talking about wooden boats. All right. Wooden boats. So these guys know when to sail, when not to sail. But isn't this interesting? When it comes down to danger, it's amazing how the owners of the ship that make the money, the people make decisions about the ship that make the money, could care less about anybody on that boat as long as they can make the money. Listen, we see it here, but that happens every day, every day, every day. Governments, scientists, people make decisions for a dollar. You think it's out of a heart for people? You need to think again. It's always backed by money. Always. When you get following Jesus and you're operating in the understanding of the love of God, that's when you disconnect from that mindset. I'm telling you right now, when it comes down to it, it's all about the Benjamin baby. I'm telling you, it is. You think people are rushing first to have that, you know, have that specific medicine that'll help mankind, people, just to be loving people? No, the first one gets the billions. The billions. Let's move right along. I don't need, I don't need to prove my point because I can tell you right now I can. If I want to, I can spend time right now on cancer research. I can go on and on and on. Factual, common sense truths. But we don't want to go there because we don't have the time. All you have to do is use your head and Take note, amen? This world is not a loving world. It's an evil, angry world. And the only way there's any hope for anything different is because of us, the church. We're still here. I was part of the world, and now I'm not. I'm in the church. I'm in the family of God. So my ideology, my understanding's changed. And I know yours has too. And if you haven't had that change, you have the opportunity. Just know, I'm not taking down a religious pathway. I'm going to take you down the pathway of life. That's what we do here. We do life. So he gets in this picture where it's just a massive storm. It's difficult of of sailing. Verse 9 says, we stayed there several days. The weather was becoming dangerous for long voyages. And because it was late in the air, Paul spoke to the ship's officers, said, listen, guys, I'm telling you, if we go, things are going to be bad. If we go, things are going to be bad. Now, number one, points to overcome. Listen to godly counsel. Listen to people with experience. Listen to them. Seek it. 
Proverbs is filled with scriptures about seeking counsel. I have seen so many people fail because they just make their choices. They just go make choices. They don't seek counsel because they literally don't want to know other people's advice. They feel they're more of a person doing it on their own. Every time I seek counsel, it's always securing it. Every time I disobey counsel, it always screws me. Always. So we have to understand the importance of this because God's word says so. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Proverbs 19, 20, 21, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your life. There are many plans in a man or woman's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel is the only one that will stand. Proverbs 20:18. Plans are established by counsel, and by wise counsel, you can wage war. So you need to understand something. Counsel is good. No counsel is no bueno. It's not good. Amen? Let's continue the story. Verse 11. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the ship's captain and the owner of the ship. <laughs> no, go, you'll be okay. No, no, no. Yeah, we get a little stormy sometimes. Go, go and bring back my paychecks. Man, that's, I mean, this is all about money. This ain't about nothing about people's lives or people making a safe trip. This is all about money. They said, go, go, go. This is crazy, isn't it? Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided, ah, we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix. So you didn't know we were a godly city. Isn't that awesome? How cool you live in a Bible city. I don't know how they're going to sail to Phoenix, but hey, maybe up to the Gulf of Mexico and then walk right on in. I don't know. Get a coyote. Okay, move on. <laughs> What's a coyote doing? Let's move on. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Verse 14, very, but before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and we were driven along. They just gave up. They figured, let's just, it's going to take us. Let's don't fight it. Let's just, and hope for our lives. So they are in, this is weeks, people, that this, these storms and this time period has taken place. This isn't like a day and turn the page and the next day. We're talking a length of time of storms raging. And Paul's in the middle of all of it. Now he goes to the guys and says, listen, this is a bad one. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be good if we sail. And they said, we don't care what you think. They're not going to listen to what? Counsel. They're not going to listen to wisdom. 
This guy knows he's been shipwrecked already three times. He's been out there. He knows what's going to happen. They don't listen. The second thing, though, is this. Listening to the crowd over God and his word will always bring destruction. When you listen to the crowd over God and his word, it will always bring destruction. Remember the 12 spies that were sent into Egypt? God said, go, your land belongs to you. Moses said, hey, go check it out. Come back and, and let us know how it is. The 12 spies come back. Joshua and Caleb, the minority say, let's go. It's ours. It belongs to us. God said so. It's ours. The 10 spies said, no, it ain't. We can't do it. We're grasshoppers. They saw themselves as little, little tiny things before the enemy. They saw themselves. It didn't say anywhere in scripture that the enemy saw them that way. They made an assumption. They leaned to their own understanding. And because they operated by how they felt, the 10, the crowd said, Let's don't. We can't do it. We can't do it. And what are most people going to do? Well, everybody says it is. It must be true. Isn't that true? Everybody believes it. Everybody wears it. Everybody dresses that way. Everybody drives it. Every, and we do the everybody thing. So we all just, you know, move, move. We're all just bound, you know, following everybody. If you want God's covenant, if you want success, if you want to, to, to live a life uh, of his way of abundance, this great life that Jesus said, I've come to give to you, you can't follow the crowd. You can't follow the crowd. Most of the world is going to go this way. What are you going to do, church? You going to follow them? Because I'm going to tell you right now, in this raging storm, many have. Many Christians have just closed their Bible, put it aside, and just following what the world is. Fear, worry, doubt, anxiety. It's true. What are we going to do? I'm going to keep standing. I'm, I'm going to be what Joshua was near the end of entering into the promised land. He looked to the crowd and he said, I want you guys to know something. We're all finished in all this. We work together now. Now we're making our choices. My choice is this. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You're going to do what you're going to do. But I want you to know, and I declare before all of you, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that whole group of people go, oh, no, no, we will too. And guess what? They didn't. They didn't. Things started happening. Enemies started attacking. And they all started folding. Why would they fold? Scripture makes it very clear. Every single time in the book of Judges, they started to do things their way and let go of the teachings of the word of God. Every single time it says they forgot what their fathers told them and started doing what they wanted. And when you do that, it's always going to fall. Not sometimes, all the time. So the crowd said, go and they go. Let's continue. You all getting something? Verse 16. 
We passed to the lee of small land called Cadia. We were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When the men had hoisted abroad, they passed ropes under the ship to hold the ship together, fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars of the Sirtis. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard in their own, with their own hands. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, the storm continued raging. And we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Look what this thing is doing. They're, they're in the midst of this thing and literally now it is pitch black in the middle of the storm. In the middle of a storm. It's become, I can't see nothing. Imagine how dark it is. Have you ever been out camping or fishing or hunting and you're out in the middle of the mountains and there's no light except starlight and you get out there and you can put your hand in front of your face and not see your hand. That's how dark dark can get. You ever been there? Anybody else? You guys, you've been that way? Isn't that amazing? It's also amazing to see the billions upon billions of stars out in the sky. You know what's so cool? Is you can walk out right there and not see one single one and they're all there. Think about it. They're all there. The billions of stars are splattered, but you can't see them. But they're all there. They haven't gone anywhere. See, we go through life. There are a lot of times when we forget that the pictures of life can bring so many truths to us. Because because we don't see them, we don't even think about them. They're all there. They're all there. It's like during a storm and the sun's, it's all cloudy. And if you get on a jet and you're flying somewhere, they get above the clouds. And what happens? Sun's shining. Everything's, even the birds are, why? Because you got above, your view is now above it. It all depends on where you're looking, right? All depends on where you're looking. So here he says, verse 16, he says, We've, we're getting driven by the storm. It's the third day and we're giving all hope. And number three, principle of overcoming in the storm, sometimes it's good to lighten the load. What did they do? They're starting to throw things over, lighten the load, lighten the load. And sometimes in the midst, in the midst of things like this, sometimes it's good to get rid of non-essential stuff. Things that in the good times you're a glutton over, but Hey, this is a lean time. So now we got to think about, do we really need that? Do we need to go to Jack and box five times this week? No, I, I, what, what happens is, is listen, this is what's interesting is, is because when ugly hits, the tendency is, is to not think straight. And you usually do things you would normally not do because what? You're in a time period or a, a situation that you're not used to. And so you will always go to comfort things. Comfort foods. Hey, before it was shred all the way. It was, no, I'm, I'm eating right. I'm living healthy. And, and now, you know, we got, we got quite a few people that got Rona pounds running now. 
you know, you, you, you were hitting it January, February. I mean, it's like, come on, man, we're, we're going on this thing. We're going into 2020 healthy and whole. And, and now, you know, you're carrying all kinds of luggage with you and you ain't going on no vacation. What's happened? You, you know what's happened? Is, is you watching too much news and watching too much, listen to too much stuff and you're pulling out of the bag of Doritos and it isn't just taking a couple. You finish the bag. The bag's gone. And that's what happens. We lose sight. This is a time to start realizing, listen, we've had to hear. We've had to say, you know what? We can't do that right now. We're not going to be able to do that. We're not going to be. We want to. We, we want to do it, but we can't. We can't. We got to lighten the load. Lighten the load. We can, get, we can get away with this for right now. It's oh, no big deal. You have to. You have to look at the things that you need to lighten the load. I mean, I'm like a you know, drill sergeant around here. You leave a light on. I'm, hey, who left the light on? We got, it's dark everywhere. Why? Because, listen, none of these companies care. They're not going, well, that's a church. You know, let's just hold off a few months. No way. And the thing is, is we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, what can we do right now? What can we do right now? And so we, we do what's wise. And we're being good stewards over that. But until right now, it doesn't dampen our spirits. We're not looking at our future with, with a, a darkness in our eyes. I'm looking at a great future, love life. I'm telling you right now. I'm looking at something where I see nothing but but awesomeness in front of me. Now I can tell you right now, it's not going to not be filled with challenges. Oh yes, it will. Because anything that has to do with God and anything that has to do with impact in this world is going to be attacked. Anything. If you think doing God's work means it's a ease, it's a cruise, it ain't God's work you're doing. You're working with the devil. It's when you're doing something. It's when you change. It's when you say, no, I don't do that anymore. It's when all of a sudden the family attacks. No, I don't talk that way. Ooh, you think you're better than us? You're not coming to our, you know, parties no more. Oh, gosh, we can't get drunk and throw up on each other. Oh, gee, I'll miss that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Or we all get together at the party. Everybody wants to fight each other. Thinking, this is what we gather together for? <laughs> I mean, come on. It does, it's just idiotic things. But again, during storms, you got to look around. You know, do you really need all those clothes? Do you really need, you know, you look around because there's someone else that might need that. That's the way I look at it. It's a good time to take inventory and go, you know, do I need to be working overtime for that new, you know, jet ski? I think about it. I mean, what are you really looking at? And this is what they did. They said, you know what? These things are important, but my life's more important. So they started getting rid of the Doritos. I mean, the shipping stuff. Just get them out of the house, man. I won't have a problem with them. I figured how to get rid of them. Eat the whole bag. Don't buy another one. Why is this so important? Because I just did it like a couple weeks ago and I felt terrible. I thought, I'll just have a couple. It wasn't a couple. I ate the whole stinking bag and they weren't even the kind of things I like. They were the, what are the corn ones, Matt, that you like? The, they're the, they're the wide square ones. We don't get them very much. They're, huh? 
Yeah, wavy ones. What are they called? Sun, yeah, sun chips or whatever. Listen, read the ingredients. They're not healthy, but they pretend they are. But the point is they were sun chips and these ones were nacho flavor. I think it was nacho flavor. And I ate one and went, hmm. Well, they are healthy. No, they're not. I ate the whole bag. See, you think your pastor's Perfect. I'm telling you, you better get that out of your head. You bite me over the house and you got some chips there. I'll probably eat them all there too. <laughs> so it's good to lighten the load. Amen. Listen, you got to make decisions. Some things, you know, some things you have to, you know, get rid of. Some things you have to. And who cares if, if you really need it later on, you can get another one. But sometimes you got to lighten the load. Amen. Get rid of non-essentials. The fourth thing we learn in this, this segment is, is when you focus on darkness, you will always lose hope. You focus on darkness, you will always lose hope. Jesus said, be of good cheer, cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of what? Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Remember what Peter? Peter's walking on water. Listen, uh, really people, Remember how I talk about I, I involve myself in the story? I create the picture that I believe I would see in when I read. I do it all the time. And as I see Peter, when he's on that boat, and all the disciples are there as well, I see Peter with this genuine heart that that is making a commitment toward his belief in his Lord at that point and declaring, I'll walk out to you. Just give me the word. In other words, you okay this, I will do this. Now, please understand, this is nothing simple. This is nothing where you're trying to rationalize your head, the ability to run on the water real quick. This is him forgetting the natural and just entering into the supernatural view of faith that says, I can do all things through Christ. Ask me, Jesus, to come and I will come to you. Jesus says, you're not me. You can't do it. Is that what he said? No. Some of you are like, going, wow, what, what version is that? I need to get that version. I didn't have that. No, he says, come on. I look at Jesus smiling. 100%, every single time I see that, I see Jesus going, come on, smiling at him. I see Peter looking at Jesus, smiling back. I see him get off that boat. Listen, he's got to crawl up over. He, it, this isn't where he just goes, whip. He's got to crawl over, over the ship, hang on the side. Is it calm? No. The storm is raging. Have you ever tried to get on a ship? Uh, when Pastor Lau and I were actually certified scuba divers, who would know? We are. We're, we haven't done it 
in a long time. Once we had kids, it's like, I ain't scuba diving. But anyway, but we, we were, we're, we're certified. We scuba dive. We've been out there in the sharks and I just, it's, we've, we've done some crazy things, but anyway, some crazy, awesome things. So we're certified and there have been times when the sea was so rough where we were diving that to get on it, man, you're going like this and the, and the ladder's going like this. And you're trying to get that ladder to get back on the, uh, on the boat that took you out. And it's like, you, know, you get dragged. You're like, ah, you know, and finally you're able to get on and get up on the boat where, you know, you can enjoy it on the boat. <laughs> oh yeah. I puke all this. I'm like fish food when I scuba. Anyway, just the way it is. I can't, it's what I do. But, but I love going under and everything, just all the other stuff. And I'm sure you really wanted to know that. <laughs> but hey, I kept doing it. Not throwing up, but I mean, kept scuba diving. The, the thing is this, is, is Peter's in a, in a rough time, but he's focused. See, why isn't he changing his mind? And this is what we have to do. And I'm, I'm trying to help you because I'm, I, I, want to, I want to be a person that can give you some information or at least some, some understanding so you don't have to go down a path and fall down the same hole. I want you to be able to go, nah, Pastor said, you've you got to go to the right a little bit on this one and miss it. That's what I believe. And that's why I want counsel or I seek wisdom from people that know what they're doing so I don't have to do a long time in something. I'd rather get to the point, get to the experience, say, how do you do this? What do you do? What do you do? Or will you do it for me? <laughs> Either way. The point is, is that's what I'd rather do. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. And so Peter is going through this. We're not paying attention. So how can he go through this? And he's still focused. He wasn't, it wasn't like he became a ghost and floated through. He had to still go through the storm. I've never heard this taught like this. Isn't this awesome? He's in the midst of experiencing the storm in even a rougher way. He's not in the boat, this. He's now feeling it all over him and gets on the water and walks toward Jesus. Not on flat, glassy water. Talking waves, massive, massive waves. And the dude is walking on water. These are things that we need to pay attention to. Why? It's how I started. Jesus walked on water in the midst of the storm. That's Jesus. Peter walked on water in the midst of the storm. It wasn't easier. You see this? And he walked on water. That is beautiful. When you focus on darkness, you're always going to lose hope. Listen, 
listening, listening to bad news all the time. And I've talked to many, many uh, people here and, and they've shared with me how they've had to shut down the news thing. They, they get caught up in, in the frustration and the anger and even the anxiety of listening because it conflicts. It, it's all over the place. And, and all of a sudden it's got this political pull to it. It's not like we care about you and this is what we want you to hear. It's all got all kinds of hands in it. And so you're hearing this and you're hearing this and all of a sudden you feel ugly, you feel dirty. But there's also another ugly picture of this. And this is what's happening all over this country right now. And that is this thing that's recently studies have found. Recent studies have shown massive increase of stress, anxiety, fear, sadness, loneliness, mental health disorders, including depression, have all increased. In a few short months, there's been this massive increase. And what have you heard here at Love Life, and you've heard this many times, that each one of these things literally tears down your immune system. In the middle of Rona, in the middle of this virus, we want to build immunity not break it down. And if you're all filled with anxiety, what they say, and you feel with all this worry and doubt and what they say, and, and what are they doing? And, and, and you're just getting more filled with this stuff. You're breaking down your health. And now you want to stand against this stuff. Turn it off. Turn it off. Quit listening to that crap. Stop it. Start listening to the word of God. He knows tomorrow. They don't. Start paying attention to God's word. You want things to change your life. If you're going to look at the life, you're not going to get that change. You're going to get hopelessness. You want change in your life. You want better. You want things to happen. Start looking at the blessings, the good reports. We've got so many people in here can testify of God's goodness in the midst of the storm. I'm telling you right now, we, that ain't going on the news. Why? That, that isn't, you know, politically right. But I can tell you right now, we've got some people that have some awesome stories, awesome stories. And we're, we're going to gather them all together because I know people that are getting bonuses, success. They're, 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 they have increase in their jobs. I mean, great things happening in the midst of a raging storm. Is that awesome? That is awesome. Going on with the story of verse 21, but long, after long abstinence of food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me. Oh, I love this part. You know how you look at Paul? I don't know, maybe you don't, but there are times I look at Paul and I go, man, he's, so, he's almost like Jesus. He is so much, he is so good. But then when you study Paul and you start hearing some things, he'll throw a fit. He'll get mad. He, he even did this one time. If you aren't going to do what I want you to do, get out. I don't want you with me. I'm not kidding you. To one of his guys. One of his guys wouldn't go to a city he wanted to go to. And he said, if you're not going to go on, you're not with me no more. Is that amazing? He's not perfect. Now, what is he doing now? Look at this. 
man, you should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Paul, in our translation, I told you, I told you, I told you not to go, but no, you don't want to listen to me. I'm just the apostle Paul. You want to listen to that owner that has not given you, you ain't even got paid from last month, but no, you listen to him because he knows so much more than me. I told you. That's what the Greek shows us. Actually, it doesn't, but isn't that cool? Paul laying out the, I told you, I told you. I try very hard. If I ever do, I never tell someone, I told you. In my head, I'm saying it like a million times. I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you. But I tend to smile and say, well, you know, the Lord forgives you. The Lord will work through this situation well. I'm just telling on myself because next time someone's going to come to me and go, what are you thinking? I hear you, pastor. You're going, I told you, I told you. I won't even have to say it. You're going to tell on yourself. I know you told me, but yeah, that butt always gets in your way, your big butt. Start doing shred. Take care of that problem. Moving right along. He says, I told you, I told you. He goes, now, listen, I urge you, be of good cheer. For not one loss of life will be among you. You won't lose a ship, but none of you are going to die. For there stood by me this night an angel of, the God, of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, said to me, don't be afraid, Paul. You got to go to Caesar, bud. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with me. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as he told me. Is that awesome? The next point we learn, number five, is choose joy. He says what? Take heart. Choose joy. Choose joy. Be of good cheer. That is, this, this word, be of good cheer, is so important because it literally says it's youth ameo, and it means make a choice to be happy. It's not wait for an experience to be happy. It says make a choice to be happy. Everybody in here, no matter what you're going through, you can change the way you think to something that makes you happy and feel and experience happiness. Everybody in here. Everybody. I literally did this when my mom passed away. I did it when my dad passed away. I was able to create pictures that made me happy. I could have moaned and groaned and cried and whined and felt sorry for myself, like a lot of people do, or I could have changed what I thought. And I chose joy. And that gives you the ability to be what? Strengthened supernaturally. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your supernatural strength. Listen, there's a time to grieve. There's a time to be sad. I don't, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is there's nothing you do or, or ever should do that controls your life. Because once it does and you become bound to that, you're no longer in control of life. You're now bound to being a servant of something else. And it's a dangerous place to be. 
Because you weren't created to live that way. We're created to rule and reign. That's each one of us. So you got to recognize that. We have to make a choice. I choose every single day. And I might be not be walking around church going, hee, hee, hee. But inside, I got joy. If I'm tense, I got joy. If I'm dealing with something not too good, I got joy. Because I make a choice. I say every day, this is the day the Lord has made for me. I choose, not I'm waiting for an experience, not wait for a tickle. I choose to be joyful in it. That's what I do every day of my life. Well, not my life, but the point that I came to this, this revelation. It's, I've been doing it for years, a long time. Every single day, every single day, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I choose joy. Can you choose joy in the midst of the storm? Can you choose joy in the midst of darkness? Yes, you can. You might not know it. You might not understand it. But yes, you can. Because ultimately, the only way you get peace, the only way you get healing, the only way you get deliverance is you have to become free. It's the only way. You can't get it being under slavery. It's impossible. You have to become free. And that's why the word says, for he who the son sets free is free indeed. But if there's no being set free from the bondage, you can't be free. So what does that mean? When you are under slavery, bondage, listen, I'm not questioning your heart. I'm questioning your mind because your thought process cannot be clear. Impossible. Why? Because under slavery, you are not under control of your own will. You're not. You're under control of someone else's will. That's the definition of a slave. You don't have a will. You have to become free. And until you become free, you stay a slave. And under that place, there is no good thing because only God leads us to good things. Only God. Only his word says, leads us to good things. Scripture even says that we have been made perfected and given tools so that we can do what? Do God's good work. That means anything we do is defined under, it must be beneficial in life. Benefits, multiplies, success. Listen, we got five good points. I got five more points next Sunday. We're gonna get 10, but today we get five, all right? And so we take this and understand, listen, God's given us a picture in the life of Paul, who is a storm rider. And he says, just follow these truths that you're getting. It's not, I got to do all 10 now. Do one and do it good. Didn't I read that Jesus said, hear my word and practice it. He didn't say, hear all the points I'm going to give you three and a half years and do it all at one time. No, he said, hear the word. What word? The word that you need right now. 
Listen, it could be the joy one. It could be the, the to, to lighten the load one. It could be fo- you're focused on darkness. I'm not going to focus on darkness. Do you hear what I'm saying? In other words, where are you? What point touches you? Now let's go with this. Let's go with this. That's how we grow. That's how we mature. And that's how we're able to make an impact in this life. That's how you out there can receive life and life more abundantly. Not religion, not in this house. What you can do is get truth. And if you don't know that truth in here, everybody in here can receive Jesus and live life and life more abundantly. This is how wonderful this faith is. It is not about religion. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about life And it's about information that will guide you in a successful life, a healthy life, a prosperous life, a life that has purpose, a life that has meaning, a life that has destiny. That is the life we live. That is the Jesus we follow. And that is what we all must understand this is all about. In the midst of the storm, what are we going to do? We're going to rise up and see the sunlight. We're not keeping our heads down. We're not hiding in the midst of the crowd. We're recognizing our responsibility to be the light that Jesus has called us. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. It's time to start getting a little salty in video game language. Let's get aggressive. Let's don't lose. My boys and I, we know that word. There are times when we get in a game, we get a little salty. And then there are times when we're just having fun. But when we get salty, we want the whole team salty, don't we, buddy? We want everybody salty. You don't got enough salt. You better get aggressive and quit dying. Only gamers understand what I'm talking about. Pastor, you do games. I'm a gamer, yo. And I love it. Love every bit of it. The point is, is we are believers. We follow Jesus. We live life. We have fun in life but we also live with purpose and it's a good life to live. You want this life? Call on Jesus right now. Everybody just say this with me. Say, Jesus, come on, say it with me. Jesus, I believe in you. I call on your name and I ask you to save me. Thank you, Jesus. I know you heard me. I know you answered me and I know I am new because of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, so much. If anyone in here, you said that for the first time, raise your hand. Just raise your hand up high. We have a little booklet to give you. Okay, anyone out there, raise your hand like this. Touch that little button. Touch it. Let us know to receive Jesus because I'm telling you right now, we've been rejoicing for the hundreds that are getting saved. We rejoice. I rejoice every day for each and every one of you that receive Jesus. And I'm so glad for you. I don't know your name. I wish you'd write to us and give us your name. Tell us what you've done. But if you don't, that's okay. One day I'm going to meet you in heaven. All right. And, and, and then we can talk and it'll be a wonderful time. Either, either way, I believe in you. I expect your life to be transformed and for you to live the abundant life that Jesus came to give you. Amen. Love you guys. Be blessed. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.